Hey kids, it's Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo here, and you're listening to the wildest, most far-out, wiggling podcast, Anime Egotists. We love you, beauty. And welcome back to the Anime Egotists, where we would not sur- we would not survive on the streets of anime. No, no, we we'd get our asses handed to us. Yeah, even if he, even if it's pe- nice people like Nicholas from Gangsta, like no, he he would mess us up. Yeah. Anyways, my name's Alex, and my favorite it attribute of Bakugan was always darkest. I always liked the Aqua, uh, or water one. Oh yeah, no, no, Aquas was awesome too. And I'm Richard. And that's correct. And with anime, there are a lot of bad people who do some horrible things. But at the same time, sometimes they don't always stay that way. Exactly. And we've, I think we've mentioned that we, all, we both really do enjoy the redemption stories that we get in anime. That's correct. And even if somebody is just a lost person and, and isn't even necessarily a bad person, just seeing them redeem themselves is always something rewarding to see. Exactly. So today we're going to cover our, which has been a while, so it's to do a uh, top ten list, if I remember correctly. I, time's a flat circle, I don't know. <laughs> so, but yeah, we're going to be listing off our favorite redemption stories in anime. That's correct. Now, it feels like you start us off a lot lately, so do you mind if I start us off? Go right ahead. Alright, my first character who got a pretty great redemption, Sally from Black Clover. Okay. All right, so Sally basically starts off as basically an evil, terrifying scientist who's very fascinated by strong people. She works for the Eye of the Midnight Suns, and she's doing everything she can to basically help reincarnate the elves. Only problem, her squad and her end up dying and being used as basically sacrifices. But once they're brought back at the end of the arc, they all have to go to prison and atone for what they did. A little bit later, though, Sally gets out, Oh, and she starts helping around the kingdom, and people still don't trust her, and you, you kind of understand why. Hey, but ultimately, it's just a really cool, I guess you could technically call it a filler episode, but I don't really know at this point, where Asa kind of accepts that she really does want to change. And even in the movie, it's showing that she's working alongside the Black Bulls. Does she do a whole lot before getting destroyed? No, but it's it's a thought that counts. Seem to remember because I've seen the start of her story. I still haven't caught completely up, but I still remember finding her to be that really interesting mad scientist. Um, so yeah, I can definitely see her getting a redemption because she was one of the more interesting uh, I the Midnight Sun characters that we get early on, especially. Yeah. And it's also kind of hilarious because you could argue the person she might have been the worst to was Asta, but Asta was still the first person to be like, hey, I accept what you're trying to do. That can be kind of nice. And uh, it's definitely, she, from what I remember, I mean, she does do some stuff at the start, because uh, isn't she one of the ones that in the very first arc where she wants to experiment on... um. Fogolio, is that his name? She, she wants basically, basically every. She wants to experiment on everybody. She's the one who invaded the the Black Bulls hideout when Ghost Gray and Gordon had to all team up for the first time. Oh, okay. I know which moment you're talking about. Okay, so yeah, I I think that would be an interesting redemption arc. I need to catch up on Black Clover so I can know 100. But I I think that would be very interesting. Yeah, I've met her voice actress. She's one of the sweetest people I've ever met, but I'm still scared of Sally. And she did a video where she said, it's okay, Alex, Sally still loves you. I'm like, that's terrifying, but thank you. Okay. Yeah. So are you using that as the intro to this video then? I'm. Uh, it's not technically a shout out for the channel, but maybe I'll throw it up at, at some other time. All right. So my first one? Please go ahead. All right. Um... So I have uh, Loxus from Fairy Tale. I've gone over his story a good bit. Um, so pretty much, he's always been a member of Fairy Tale. He, uh, throughout the start, first probably two three arcs, he's always this pretty much jerk. He he talks down to the rest of the guild, 
he always seems to view himself as so much better and he is arguably the strongest member of the guild at the time but in like the fourth or fifth arc somewhere around there he ends up fully betraying the guild pretty much it's a fight for survival the winners of this free-for-all among the guild members get to remain members of fairy tale when he takes over and in the end they manage to defeat him and he uh, kind of learns the error of his ways but is banished and goes on kind of a journey of self-discovery but he kind of realizes at the end that the guild is more like a family to a lot of these people and that he was pretty much ruining that for everybody and lose and realizes that he's losing that as well that his family connection to the guild is kind of severed and he goes on this nice journey you get a little bit of scenes from him but he shows up um, during the S-class promotion arc and helps save several members of the guild, kind of redeeming himself, and uh, including in the eyes of his grandfather, who's the master of the guild, and managing to earn his spot back just by coming back and saving everybody. So it's just a nice little moment uh, throughout. And then he gets to... Uh, you really feel that he's grown because... Uh, the next arc with the Grand Magic Games, he has um, he actually faces his father, who offers him a chance to become like a member of their guild and uh, betray Fairy Tale. And he says he mentions all that he's learned and that the guild has become his family, and that he doesn't necessarily need his father anymore. So it's just a whole bunch of nice moments for him. So is he officially a part of Fairy Tale, or is he just an ally of them at this point? He is an official member. He's uh left when they disbanded at the end of part two but then uh when they reform at the start of part three he rejoins so but are, that time say, started... are there other like hero guilds or good guy guilds or is it just fairy tale no there are there are other guilds they kind of serve as more like rivals um okay they get like you could consider like Sabretooth is uh the other one that's considered like the next best guild in their they were, how to put it, during the Grand Magic Games, they were a villain, technically. They were they viewed everything as you have to be as the most powerful in whatever you're doing, and then that changes as they deal with the newly resurrected, pretty much, fairy tale guild and how they're growing. So, But then at, in later arcs, they, they're now allies. They're, and then there are like three or four others that are kind of the main allies with fairy tale. Oh, okay. If we ever do a what who what would our powers or magic be in fairy tale? I have to ask about that. I'm like, is it cheating if we both just save the fairy tale guild? No, they they're pretty well accepting of anybody who wants to be, uh, willing to defend everybody else in the guild. It, it but there are other guilds. If you ever look them up, there's a Lamius scale is one, uh, Sabretooth is another, and just if you look up. Fairy tale guilds, they'll give you a whole list of yeah. all the other ones. Just a heads up for Black Clover, I'm picking Black Bulls. There's because we don't learn that much about the others, but whatever. But Lax, you said his name was Laxus, right? Loxus, yeah. Loxus, okay. Yeah, I have heard bits and pieces about this guy, but I don't feel like outside of you, mo a lot of people have talked about him. But it's nice to know that he does grow and change in some senses. Exactly. And again, it might a lot of his stuff might be like power of friendship or something to a lot of people but i do feel that he does show a good amount of growth and learns from his mistakes so I, that's why i put him on this list that's good i can co-sign to that all right so your next one. Oh boy uh penny from zatch bell okay do you remember i, I actually know every time i ask a question like this you never seem to have an answer but Penny was the girl was the girl with the water spells who fell in love with Zatch, but unfortunately Zatch's amnesia made him forget all about her. She's the um uh, is it redhead? No, she's blue blue like giant pigtails. Okay, it's been way too long. I don't really remember. So Okay, so regardless, she ends up getting her feelings hurt by Zatch, even though he said multiple they tell her multiple times, hey, sorry, Zatch lost his memory thanks to thanks to i want to say his brother which apparently has a really good backstory but that's another point for another day 
Anyways, she ends up joining up with Zophis, basically wanting to take over the take over the world and get rid of most of the, the Momoto. But during the war, during the war, they have have Zatch kind of snaps around it, like saying, "What do you do? What are you doing? This is like, do you see how many people you're hurting because of this?" And they also just see that Zatch, Keo, and everybody else are still finding ways of working together and are legitimately looking out for each other, while Zophis is well a monster, like a terrifying monster, Frieza-like monster. But the, it gets to a point where it looks like the gang is about to die, but Penny shows up realizing the error of her ways, and it's a really short kind of redemption, and which is why it's pretty low on the list, but I still just appreciate it, because she basically sacrifices her book as it gets burnt, and her hair that she's she loves the way she looks. So she sacrifices her looks and her spell book, and says, look, I did some horrible things, but all the other Momoto I worked alongside with were brainwashed. Please find a way to forgive them. She's not saying, forgive me. She's not saying, I still love you. She's not saying any of that. She's saying, I'm sorry. I messed up. But please, please forgive the people who actually had no self-control as opposed to me. But as she's fading, Satch says, I forgive you. And so when we get back to the Momoto world, I still want us to be friends. It's such a short redemption, but at the same time, it feels effective because you actually feel the remorse from her and the fact that deep down she thought to herself, if he never forgives me, I understand. But it, I still thought it was compelling. Yeah, I, I, while you were talking about her, I did look up and I do vaguely remember. It's been so long since I've seen Zatch Bell, I, at least all the way through. I guess I, last time I watched, I only watched through like kind of the first like 30 episodes and then stopped again, so... But I vaguely remember bits and pieces of this, and yeah, I seem to really remember and uh, that just knowing that she had it, that connection with Zash, but then uh, the uh, losing it or to her kind of drove her to this. But then, pretty much, I do. I, I'll co-sign. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. It especially sucks because she, out of everybody who bullied Zach, she was never one of them. So. It, like I said, I I do not condone her actions, but you do start to feel, you kind of start to feel for her. But like I said, she's kind of a character that's a bit of a guilty pleasure because I shouldn't like her as much as I do, but I kind of do. Yeah, it's, it's, that's a really nice redemption for her. I do agree that just being able to, for her to say, sacrifice herself for all this and not beg forgiveness for herself, but for, beg forgiveness for all those that are, not really in control of their own actions at this time that that's such a kind of hero thing to do i hate to say yeah. that. that's the best way to describe yeah. it has she done anything of the sequel i don't think so at least yet but i'd like to see her again i'd like plus her spells are awesome but penny from zatch bell not the not the most conventional one but i still appreciated it yeah i thought maybe you were gonna go with um i don't even remember their name but the uh kind of the dark the brago and sherry yeah i thought about it but i don't remember their story as well so i decided uh, maybe another time all right but so my next one please so let's see uh this is one that they fluctuate so much from being a kind of a bad guy to being a good guy in their uh story that yeah at least at the start and it's robin from one piece I've talked about how much I love her uh, moment where she uh, screams that she wants to live and then he comes there. And I thought the you were going to bring up her backstory. Well, I am, but... Okay, I was about to... All right, all right, just... Okay. I still have to... That That's the climax to kind of her full redemption because we finally get to know her story at this point where starting out on the island... I forget what the actual name is, but they, they're the ones that can understand the ancient language. Um her entire family, all of these scientists that she considers her family are killed by the world government. She's uh, goes on the run is considered the demon child. Uh, isn't able to survive anyone. So she enters that very kind of a very dark place. Crocodile kind of becomes her one ally to keep her alive. So she starts working with him. So she's, so she's pretty much a bad guy in the Alabasta arc, but joins the straw hats and i actually looked back on it 
she's kind of the only one that you don't get any knowledge about right when you meet them. Her story takes place, I mean, over that first 500 episodes of One Piece. Everybody else you get within probably 30 or 40 episodes of meeting them, you get their backstory. And except they do add stuff like with Sanji getting all his stuff later on, but you do know that he survived being shipwrecked with uh, his here uh chef father figure that he had so just getting to know her backstory with all her sacrifices and all of that and then her trying to save the straw hats you know that she actually realized they care for her but just it's such a nice moment and then i just feel like she has one of the uh best redemption i also debated putting nami on the list because i like hers where she had she betrays them so early on and then uh but you realize that it's she's trying to save her village she's doing all this to try to do that i came dangerously close to putting Usopp on my list but i'm just like ah let me save it for another time yes i mean you could put like half the straw hat crew on this list it's actually most i think the only two you really could there's not really any story for it yet is luffy and zoro um and brooke those three are kind of the only ones that you couldn't put a have a good redemption story. Yeah, I agree, though. Robin has always kind of held a special place for myself and a lot of One Piece fans, especially since we, I, I, okay, I don't remember the order of a lot of the stuff I saw One Piece in, but, but when you first, I first saw her, I was just like, oh, she's kind of cool, kind of weird, but then to just, you see how much sadness she's gone through, and now it's, everybody loves Robin. She's awesome. Yeah, it's, such a nice moment. I mean, I think it's probably one of the most viewed anime moments. Probably, if you go back and go on you look it up on YouTube, is her the want I want to live moment because it's the first time that she realizes that the Straw Hats actually care for her and don't won't betray her in the future like everybody else in her life has. Exactly. Hey, yeah. I, I'm glad we could talk about Robin again. And then again, when we talked about her backstory, you talked about it for about six or seven minutes. It's that that episode's a nightmare for both of us. It's it's not one of my favorites, but Robin's awesome. She deserves it. She's welcome on this podcast anytime. Exactly. Not sure when she'd show up, but still. Anyway, so my next one. Go right ahead. Tetsu Trudge from Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Okay. I thought about saying Jack, but he's probably getting his own video someday. Trudge is the police officer to, for for New Domino City. He's the guy who beat up Joey and Tristan, and then everyone said, oh, well, he grew up to become a police officer in 5Ds. I don't know if that's actually true, but I'll just believe it for now. But ultimately, he's basically a cop who's all like, oh, well, I only need to protect the rich. What, the, if the poor can't do anything to fend for themselves, why should I care? Here. But thanks to Yusei and a lot of his friends, he actually becomes a much nicer person. He sees that Yusei, Crow, Akiza, and everybody in particular have been treated so horribly by the world, but still do everything in their power to help. So he doesn't have much of an excuse. And especially during the Dark Signers arc, he sees just how much they're going through and just how dangerous these duels can be. He, and then also due to some t arm twisting, thanks to Yusei, to Yusei's foster mom, Martha, he starts to realize that a lot of people are suffering and only protecting a certain group of people isn't really what's important. He doesn't do that much compared to other Yu-Gi-Oh characters who redeem themselves, but you know he's always around and he's always willing to put his life on the line to protect anybody as the series progresses. That's good to hear. I haven't seen enough of 5Ds to see his redemption arc, but I do know about his dark starting point where he's pretty much always seems to be wanting to stop Yusei specifically because it seems like Yusei at this point is a troublemaker for him, but that's all he views him as. So Yeah. And it's just, it's, I guess it's just really cool in particular because as even that, because even he meets up with Leo, who's like eight, nine, maybe 10. And he always says, oh, well, the security are always super cool. Well, so he kind of thinks to himself, if I start acting horrible, well, that could rub off on the next generation. I can't be like that. And even in Duel Links, there's a pretty cool moment where if you beat the up, if you beat any of the main characters as him, he'll say, 
The citizens shouldn't have to rely on you, hoodlums. Not when they can count on me to protect New Domino City. And you can tell he means that from the bottom of his heart. He's like one of the only likable cops in the anime or just in general. But I still, I was really happy to see how far he came. As I said, I really am happy to hear that. Yeah, and I've heard that same theory, though, that you mentioned at the start, where he's the uh, bully from season zero that beats up Tristan and Joey uh, for to uh, oh God, blackmail uh, Yugi to give him money. So something, something like that. I, I think one day we're going to have to give season zero a chance and just talk about what the hell it was. The greatest thing you you ever did. Ah, <laughs> uh, I I don't know I don't know about all of that. At they gave remember they gave us the blue eyes white dragon jet. Oh, well, that's true. Stupid. But anyways, <laughs> Tetsu Trudge started off as a low life, but actually became someone who wanted to protect everybody. I'll co-sign. I think that would be a really good redemption, and I'm seriously debating because I'm getting back into Yu Gi Oh a little bit that. Uh, I'm gonna need to give uh, either catch up all of GX or uh, start five Ds over again and give it a shot. All right, but uh, I'll do my Yu-Gi-Oh character that I picked out, and it's Chaz from Yu-Gi-Oh GX. Yep he he does have a in in my opinion a really enjoyable uh, redemption arc, but that's it also helps that he actually gets like dedicated episodes to his redemption arc and story so in my opinion a lot of characters it's like okay he's kind of redeeming himself as the story goes on and it's just kind of side for uh the main story but this actually got like what was it two or three episodes where it's him traveling trying to discover who he is yeah exactly i was gonna i was gonna also add to that i feel like with the way what you're trying to say and correct me if i'm wrong is other characters in GX got dedicated episodes. Chaz got de- a dedicated arc, and that's a big difference. Yeah, that that's probably the best way of describing it. He gets there's time to develop him from the generic bully who you learn, like a lot of bullies in stories. There's something tragic in his past, or he's or some issue at home, which in this case is his two older brothers that are bullying him into. Uh, he has to be the best and you see his growth from that point where he is kind of accepting that he has to be the best duelist uh so that he he can control that while his brothers control politics and money and he which i, I mean that's pretty much what the if i work it's what, what the, the politics the, finance and dueling all right hey i mean Based on how this world works, dueling ended up being probably the most profitable out of all three, so... That is somehow... That is sad, but true. So, you get to see that. But the thing with Chess that I like is that he doesn't become a perfect character or uh, 100% a good guy. You see the next uh, season that he uh, is, what, the founding member of the Society of Light? More or less. So he's still not infallible so which i feel like a lot of anime characters end up becoming when they uh go through redemption arcs they they become either goody two shoes or full out hero chaz still has his problems but he continues to overcome them throughout the series and uh does in my opinion continue to grow from what i remember what i've seen absolutely i always say bastion's my favorite gx character it might be chaz i really don't know at this point because chaz's story is so compelling and it's especially cool because in one of the last in one of the last episodes when everybody's i guess i don't know if it's signing a yearbook or if everybody just sends a letter to Jaden. chaz openly says hey run into me next time and we can duel rather than just sim rather than him just being like i don't i don't care if you exist or not like acknowledging Jaden did have a hand in that. Yeah. And he gave us one of the best catchphrases in all of anime and Chaz it up. So the Chaz, Chaz man, Chazberry Pie, the Chazmania Devil, Chazalicious. It's so <laughs> terrible. And that's what makes it 
amazing. Yeah, yeah, I I can definitely agree though. I want I I've talked about Chaz a lot, so he wasn't on my list, but I still he still has one of the best redemption arcs. Exactly, and that's why I mean, I would go back and just watch those episodes. I've done that before, so no, same here. That's why I had to put him on this list. All right, so my next one. Go right ahead. All right. You have I've I've shown you the first couple of episodes of this show, so you might think, how the heck is this does this show have a redemption arc? But still. Habara from Daily Lives of High School Boys. Okay. Okay, so Habara is she basically when you first meet her, she basically kind of seems like the straight man for her group. She doesn't really seem all that interesting. She's just kind of a bland character. But we learn kind of later on in the series that she used to be a bully when they were all in middle school and elementary school. She was a bully who basically terrorized everybody in the school. And I don't remember specifically how it happened, but she ended up scarring one of the char- one of the characters, which is why he always wears a hat. Think Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, the manga, except like this is um, not quite as developed. Okay. Yeah, but basically after they all team up against her and she said and they basically get her to like settle down and stop. And one of the kids she ends up bullying, she also it's this kid named Karasawa, and she it's gonna sound so stupid, but there are moments where she's around she's around him and she's like, you know, he's kind of different around me. Like he gets nervous and she thinks, oh, does he have special feelings for me? He, and then her friends point out, well, he sort of does, because whenever you try to reach and put your hand on him, he starts pulling his pen out, out to defend himself, because he got scarred. It's okay for him to be a little on edge when she's around. But at the same time, you can tell she's trying her hardest to be better. It still pops up every now and then that she is kind of somewhat of a monster, but she is trying to be better. She does feel guilty. And in one of the last chapters of the manga, she ends up saving him and ends up in the hospital because of it. And at that point, Karasawa basically says, look, I don't forgive you at this point. I don't know when or if I'll ever be able to forgive you. But I, for what you did, I don't think I can, I don't think I hate you anymore. She never begs for forgiveness. She try, She tries in some senses and she could have gotten hurt a lot worse if this wasn't a cheerful manga. I don't know. I always found her story so interesting for a show that has boys trying on bras the first episode. I'm starting to notice, and I don't know if it's going to continue throughout, but it's a lot of our redemption arcs so far are the ones that have been not the ones that are begging for forgiveness at the end. It's the try to accept what they've done and just move on and try to be a better person. And I, I do seems and thinking on that, I really do like that's kind of art. It's not, they understand that they may never be forgiven fully, but so I think this could be a really good redemption arc. I, as I think I showed you a couple weeks ago, it daily life of high school boys is on my country roll list to watch one day. I just need to find time to watch. It's a what? 12, 24 episodes. It's, anime? Tw- it's 12 episodes. Okay, I could probably knock that out once I have a regular week again. It's so weird because I started watching. I'm like, oh, she's just glad and I learned her story. I'm like, what the heck? Why did they throw this into the store? <laughs> but it ends up being really compelling. Like to the point, and like I said, he still is uncomfortable around her, but it in this weird way, you can tell she is actually trying. That's really nice. I th- as I said, I like that kind of story arc, and I do need to give this a shot because you've talked about it a good bit and it seems like a good short slice of life story that's got a good bit of comedy in it yeah i definitely see a lot of you in the main character i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing knowing you it's probably not good but i still like tadakuni but so who knows but habara did i expect it or need it not necessarily but i'm still happy to get it all right so my next one please uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with um, Kakashi from Naruto. So, he, while he never ends up as a 
bad guy or anything he has that he loses everything and enters a very dark place and starts kind of working with the bad guys if you think about it when he uh starts trying kind of supporting donzo uh who's trying to get him to uh pretty much rat on Hiruzen to when you get learn about this backstory but he slowly develops into a person who you know still cares for the village still cares for everybody around him and just ends up being i mean eventually earning the ability and respect of everybody to uh become the hokage of uh at the end of the series so i just feel like through everything kakashi goes through he's he really does have kind of a redemption arc because he does have that moment where he's lost his entire squad, all his best friends, except for uh guy, his mentor, his father or killed himself. He pretty much learned from every person who ever touched his life and embraced it and became a good person. And uh, throughout the series, it especially makes his friendship with Guy that much more beautiful because people pretty much call Kakashi a comrade killer, but Guy never once gave up on Kakashi. He and that makes it all the more kind of heartwarming that their rivalry is well as sweet and touching as it is, but also just as stupid as it can be sometimes with throwing pots and pans at each other. Yeah, I mean, just that is one of the nicest friendships in anime, I have to say. Yeah, but a lot, but somebody also pointed out to me, Kakashi was not always the strongest, but with everything he went through, he never ran away from a fight, like, against pain. He didn't run away against Orochimaru, despite the fact that he was terrified, and we never really got follow-up as to Kakashi versus Orochimaru, which was weird. But he never ran away when it was time. He never turned his back on people. And that ultimately was thanks to you could even argue that was thanks to Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura. Yeah, and they have, and just thinking about how his view shaped pretty much everybody from uh, the for like the rest of the series, where he talks about uh, those that break the rules are scum, but those are uh, that abandon their friends are worse than scum. I mean, that set the tone for the entire series from pretty much what episode four or five yeah it's also pretty much the only thing he teaches his entire squad but that's another point for another day hey he taught them to walk up a tree yeah and then he abandoned naruto and sakura to be like hey sasuke let me teach you this really dangerous jutsu that you can only use twice please don't overdo it yeah yeah but but then he does the bell test again do I even need to say any more to that? Uh, Look, no, my point it, is, overall, I love Kakashi, but he's a terrible teacher. That no, I I have to agree. Yeah, he's definitely he's got favorites, and he only teaches like one major lesson to the entire team. So yeah, but his redemption was awesome. I will I will never I will never argue that. Yeah. So. All right, you ready for honorable mentions? I guess so. I can start off with this one. All right, this technically counts as an as a redemption, both in show and technically out of show. So it was an honorable mention. Okay, Broly from Dragon Ball. Okay, I, okay, I'm gonna get the meta one out of the way. Broly was terrifying in when his first appearance. He was badass. He was scary, but. There was still something cool about him. And then we learned that he the reason he was the way he was was because Goku cried a lot next to him. No. Oh, but Dragon Ball Super Broly gives him a re gives him a reason to be like this. He and his father had to flee. He, his childhood was terrible. Oh, but ultimately in the movie, he ends up redeeming himself. He ends up shockingly, I because I thought honestly thought he might have died. He actually ends ends up siding with Goku and Vegeta and everybody and you think thanks to Frieza because Frieza had a good hand in manipulating him and but it was just still so cool to see that they took a one-note badass yet incredibly stupid character and made him a badass yet lovable old character who no one seems to have a problem with 
for all the crap Super gets, everybody loves Dragon Ball Super Broly. It's It just did a really good job redeeming his character, and he himself redeemed himself through the movie. I can 100% cosign. I, I agree that while the first movie is okay when you the backstory kind of ruins him in that the next two Broly movies are not good and then but this makes re, bringing Broly in and making him from what I understand it he's might be in the manga now I, can't, I don't know I think he I think he might be yes uh making him a like an official canon and having different abilities slightly than Goku and Vegeta. It makes a really interesting character. And now that he has the story of he's just, he had to flee due to his extreme power level with his father because he was going to be killed. It's just, it adds something. It makes it actually a decent story overall. Well, plus the be- one of the best parts of the whole movie when Frieza's like, Broly, your father's been slain! And then Broly realizes who realizes who the problem is and just decides to destroy Frieza. And one of the best moments in anime. It was incredible. Yeah, I just... I love it. Because doesn't uh, Goku instant transmission to uh, bring Frieza into the fight at one point and then they... Uh, Instant transmission away to uh, practice uh, the fusion dance with Vegeta. Something like that. And, and that's what I love. They took a character who, in execution, was really flawed and decided, let's fix that. That's what I like what shows do and movies do. Instead of taking a character who's already beloved and has gotten a lot and potentially making them worse, looking at you, Dawn, from Pokemon Journeys, Let's take a character who really didn't get what they deserved and find a way to fix them. I love that. Yeah, that that was really nice. And I do hope we get to see more if we ever get a new anime that continues Super Story or... uh, And because I think the... uh, The Dragon Ball Super movie, if that's the next arc that would be adapted in uh, the series, I would love to see it again in anime, maybe a little bit more time spent with the characters. Exactly. So, Broly, both in and out of universe, and I'm just saying the next character I want to be brought to canon is Pycon, because he was awesome. Yeah, that would be nice. Alright, so your first honorable mention? Uh, my first honorable mention, I put uh, Gin uh, Ichimaru from Bleach on here. So, his redemption comes kind of out of nowhere if you think about it he's always been portrayed since his introduction at the start of the uh soul society uh rukia rescue arc as a bad guy he kind of looks that he he's he literally has that kind of snake look to him that's in his design uh he was portrayed as the one who stops them from just entering the uh 13 court guard squad area by killing or uh, injuring the gate guard. He's pretty much, you know that he's going to be a bad guy from that moment on. You think he's the one who's actually our, who killed uh, Eisen when he, Eisen takes his death, all this stuff. Uh, You get uh, his story where uh, he and uh, Rangiku were uh, friends in the uh, before they join the uh, Soul Reapers. It's just, you get all this backstory and you think that, man, they're they're building it up that he had all this history and now he is betraying them. And it is several hundred episodes later, I think, at least 200, uh, when he finally pretty much tries to betray Aizen to save everybody. And you learn that he... Is pretty much he went rogue to stop Eisen, and uh, he attempts to fight Eisen, but Eisen at this point is pretty much entered a god level of everything and kills Gin. That's why it's just kind of one of those things that while I like his redemption arc, it's so kind of out of nowhere in my opinion, and that's why I put it as an honorable mention only. 
I feel like at one point you said you wish he would have lived longer or just lived the whole time. That might have helped if there had been a way for him to continue on or if we had gotten more like if there's been hints that hey there's a spy in uh Eisen's ranks who's feeding the soul society information just something that at least connected him that or you you start wondering okay who is it is it one of the Arankar is it uh Gin is it uh, I don't even remember his name it's the blind guy yeah I know who you're I know who who you're talking about. I just don't remember remember the name off the top of my head. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen his character. If I remember correctly, he's also killed, so or at least injured in the you know battle of the first kind of major arcs. Oh god, please don't die. Uh, no. But but I can co-sign, and I do remember he he. It's kind of a weird redemption, and it kind of makes sense. It's an honorable mention, but redemption's redemption, I guess. Yeah, as I said, I still enjoy it because we get more where he admits that he loved uh, Ronkiku and that he never really wanted to uh, betray. He was doing this to protect everybody, and that's why I say I can justify putting it on as an honorable mention. Yeah, I I can and I can understand. I can co-sign to that. All right, your next honorable mention. All right, Atsushi Maeda or Achan from Haven't You Heard I'm Sakamoto? Okay, well, not outright a villainous person, Achan was kind of a delinquent and he really didn't do that well in school. He picked on people with his group of friends and he just smoked, he just smoked and was kind of a pain in the neck to deal with until he met Sakamoto and Sakamoto bested him and his friends. And it got to the point where they kind of looked up to Sakamoto. They didn't consider him a friend at first, but he, but they all basically decided, oh, we want to be more like Sakamoto so we don't always have to rely on him like everyone else. It gets to the point where Achan stops smoking. He starts showing up to class. He's not outward picking on people anymore. It's just really cool to see because he's not really the, a character who I expected to get that much focus compared to, well, the titular character. You could honestly argue Sakamoto himself doesn't get that much focus compared to everyone else. But it's just really cool to see because he ends up, Achan ends up becoming such a likable person down the line. And even when he has a slip up towards the end and wants to start bullying again, you can tell it's that's not really him. He's getting his arm twisted into it. And like a lot of other characters, because we won't stop talking about this, he doesn't beg for forgiveness for what he does towards the end. And people understand it, and he's legitimately sorry, but you can tell he's just become a better person. To when Sakamoto leaves in the end, he tells Sakamoto, we're going to be friends forever. Thanks. Thank you. It's really nice, because, yeah, I just don't know if I could see it after, like, that first episode to start, because he's such a, I mean, it's stereotypical bully, because in that first episode, he pulls out the chair, and you get that, the iconic scene of Sakamoto, uh, sitting without the chair and all that and he is that stereotypical bully which it, it's kind of nice to know that he uh throughout the series strives to be a better person and be more like sakamoto yeah i also just wanted to throw him on the list because the writer of sakamoto passed away a couple days ago it sucks but i just i just want to throw some love because it really is a fascinating show and despite all despite sakamoto himself like it, it's a fascinating show. I still remember enjoying the episodes we watched, but we picked it up right at the end of my senior year, so. Yeah, and, and I then... thought, you know, you know what? I don't know if I'll ever see him again. Let me just finish it. Oh, God, that was re that was a really good show. Yeah, I, I know you've talked about it quite a bit, and I need to find out where I can watch it legally. And uh... Crunchyroll? I don't think it's on Crunchyroll, but we can check later. Yeah. But ultimately, Achan, he was pretty cool. And in, Jap in the Japanese version, he's voiced by the guy who voices Gintoki and Gintama. So that that always helps. Yeah. All right. So my next honorable mention. Please go ahead. So I am interested to know what you, uh, your feelings are about this character's redemption. Because we both just finished this series up and we've talked a little bit about it. Well, actually a lot about this series lately. 
and it's Krona from Soul Eater. This uh, my feelings on Krona are kind of complicated. Yeah, there's a reason I put it as a uh, honorable mention because he he does grow throughout the series to eventually want to uh, be redeemed, but still allows his fear of his uh, mother to keep him in uh, kind of doing evil or dark things and he does unfortunately do in my opinion he does beg forgive for forgiveness and is told you have we may never actually forgive you but you uh can start by track by uh helping us uh rescue professor stein okay here's i i agree and kind of disagree because on the one hand it seems like he's legitimately remorseful but like i messed up i did a bad thing and i did a bad thing on the other hand full maybe i just clouded it in, even though i literally just finished the series i don't remember him doing anything after he redeemed himself besides be locked away for a good bit i don't remember him actually actively helping all that much by comparison yeah, I mean, his whole arc is pretty much, I I'm evil, I don't want to be, I'm, uh, good now. Oh, my mom's still alive. Oh, I'm I'm scared of her, so I'm betraying y'all and trying to corrupt Professor Stein. Oh, now I want to make up for that, then, <laughs> pretty much going out and try, uh with the his Stein's girlfriend and helping her recover style. I loved Murray so much, but I'm like, God, you y'all are a lot more forgiving than I. But I guess I and another thing is he's persuaded by his mom, but Erica's the one keep keeps showing up like, hey, are you gonna listen to Medusa? I'm like, for, okay, first of all, Erica, why do you get besides dying, why do you care what Medusa wants in some cases? And second of all, like it's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> Krona is such because I know everybody loves Krona, but I kind of feel like Krona's one of those characters I don't like as much as everyone else. Krona just is conflicting for me. Yeah, it, he goes through so many little like times where he keeps turning back to being not necessarily evil, but uh, controlled and entering his like dark and depressed state again. That's why I kind of put him as an honorable mention. It's He's an enjoy, in my opinion, he's an enjoyable character and he does have a redemption arc, but it's, yeah, I can understand that it's not fully complete. That's why it's an honorable mention. Yeah, I think I like Ragnarok more, honestly. Yeah, he kind of be, when he gets shrunken down to his uh, smaller state and where he's nicer, but still kind of a bully, it's kind of hilarious. Ragnarok's just like my partner's completely useless, and I would just be, and I'm just like, huh, we should hang out sometime. But I don't, I like I said, Krona's Krona's tricky for me because I feel like Krona wanted to change, but I we just never really saw it in some cases. So it's Krona's conflicting for me. Also, you kept saying he, and that technically might be accurate, but I just don't know anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I just I went based on I think. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I don't know. Even Patty asked him. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know either. But I can. I. I'm right in the middle. I don't really know how I feel about Krona's redemption. All right. So your last honorable mention. All right. Shun Kazami from Bakugan. Okay. Okay. Well, not a villain by any stretch of the imagination. Shun starts off as a happy child, but ultimately, like his his life, his childhood was pretty rough. His mom ended up getting really sick when he was younger, and in the dub, she slips into a coma. But in the dub, she just straight up passes away. He and ultimately, he loses connections with people. Like he stops going out. He's stuck with his pretty abusive grandfather, other, and he stops talking to his best friends, and namely Dan. So it kind of causes a rift between the two. And while he, it does seem like in some cases he wants to, like the villains might be persuading him to join up with them, he never quite goes that far. And thanks to Dan and everyone else, you see just how much he he grows from it. He's still kind of his own person, he, a little bit of a loner, but you can tell, thanks to everyone, he really has come a long way. And it's why I love him and Dan's rivalry slash friendship. 
they might be rivals, they might be polar opposites, but they also admit you're the best friend I have in my life and I will never be able to repay you for what you've done. It's just really sweet. And re-watching the show, he, he, need, he, needed, he needed some friends. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen Bakugan as well, but I seem to remember, I mean, yeah, he, he was very much the typical kind of shonen uh, rival that depending on the anime he he do a pull a sasuke and go completely evil on us for a little while but eventually get redeemed or kind of go a seto kaiba style where he isn't necessarily the bad guy after his first arcs but uh becomes more of a anti-hero so it's good to hear that he's kind of follows that anti-hero route yeah i guess i just love him because he's not like he goes through a lot but he's not edgy like a lot of characters just they try to be as edgy and like kind of unrealistic as possible shun's just kind of quiet in some areas and he does have some funny moments but that might just be the dub uh, the i've been re-watching the dub and i just want to tell you this one little i guess joke they tried to tell okay so they, so the kids are out and dan's and dan's dad's like so what's our son up to and his mom's like Oh, well, he was across the city a couple of weeks ago, and about a month ago, he was visiting his friends in another country. And Dan's dad's like, huh, that's really cool to hear. These kids these days get all the perks. I never got to go anywhere when I was a kid. Well, you know, besides a school field trip to the morgue. I was like, what? What is wrong with this show? Lucky, I didn't get to go to the morgue. That's... Uh, it, you you hearing that really messed with me for the day, but ultimately Shun and I've been rewatching Bakugan lately. I'm actually really enjoying it. I'd love to do a video on it, but maybe we'll do a video on it if we throw ourselves into that universe. Yeah, but are we? We would just cover like season one. Yeah, just, just, after see, that just season one. Of... I'm not do. I'm not doing anything after that. I can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, because it's what Vistroya or something. I New Vistroya? No, just like the first. I think it's like fifty-one episodes. Well, I think that's season one. Yeah, because if if I remember correctly, even season one has like a nice ending because they even like they didn't realize it was going to have a season two. If I remember correctly. Yeah, and then apparently the last episode of like the, that whole series it gets weird because Dan, I I, I want to talk about it right now, but Shun not an lord, not a villain, but he still had a good redemption, and I think it was really compelling. Alright. So my last honorable mention. So this one, I really enjoyed the first part of the series. I agree with a lot of people that the series gets bad as it uh, continues. So uh, Nafumi uh, Iwatani from uh, that or the rising of the shield hero. Okay. So I mean, pretty much he gets put on the, his kind of darker path in episode one when he's uh, accused of, uh, let's say, essay. Um, and everybody turns on him. He's becomes a pariah to everybody because of it. Uh, despite the fact that it's a complete lie and he's uh, starts pretty much doing stuff that isn't becoming of a hero. He uh, gets Raftalia, who's a slave. He put, uh, treats everybody kind of badly, but always is doing good. And then it's as you go throughout the series and you start seeing these darker uh, moments where everybody else is kind of doing these uh like they're doing the hero thing they're finding food they're finding um for a village that's starving but it's cursed so it start the plant starts feeding on the people that are in the village and then a guy one of the heroes slays a dragon and the dragon's corpse rotting infects the water supply and killing people in the village and just all these like not being heroes in any sense they're they're just doing it for the glory of the main action and not caring about the repercussions and you see that now for me understands that 
everything that they do affects this world in some way. And he starts uh, kind of redeeming himself in the eyes of the everyday citizens by actually solving the problems, not just putting a Band-Aid over a gaping wound or something. So, and then you get his final redemption when they defeat the Pope and it's revealed that the king and uh, the princess who accused him of essay at the start were in on it this entire time to uh, kind of turn everybody against him and he, but yet he stops them from being executed. They still get their comeuppance by being having to uh, be called, uh, what was it? Uh, trash and bitch. I know it was one of, uh, I think is what she has, is like legally what she has to be called now instead of being executed. I, I don't have a response to that. But you said before that this show kind of fell off. No yeah. one's talked about that. Uh, those that really enjoyed the start of the series, um, they all kind of agree that after the uh, trial for the princess and the king, it kind of goes down after that. The story just gets, um, how to put it, uh, more kind of generic unfortunately is i guess the best way to put it oh, okay so but overall i enjoy the, the first part of the story is his whole redemption arc and that's why i really enjoy it yeah i haven't seen this show i kind of don't think i want to based on the very first episode i'm just like no that's going to make me way too angry but she gets her comeuppance. Don't, don't, don't care. I'm, I, I would be, I'm going to be way too upset by episode one to, to finish in some cases. No, and I can understand that. So, anyways, so I guess we're done with, we're done with honorable mentions. Yes. Yeah, so we can move on to uh, our final entry each. All right. Final entry, best redemption, Gara from Naruto. Okay. This guy, look, you first meet Gara. He's a monster. You're terrified. You hate him for what he's done to people like Rock Lee. But then you learn his story. He he got he basically had the one tails put inside of him. And we, we also learn at some point that the one tails wasn't even that bad. It just like Gara got put through hell, and that's what caused everything. Whatever. But he's got he goes through so much in the case of his uncle trying to kill him at one point. Him being responsible for his mother's death. And there's just so much about him because all the kids are terrified and hate him and call him a monster. And unlike Naruto, who meets people early in his life who tend to care about him, Gara had nobody. Look, as much as I like Tamari and Konkuro, they didn't really help all that much because they were just as scared of him as everybody else. But after getting beaten by Naruto, Naruto explains, I beat you because I'm fighting to protect people. And he ends up saving Rock Lee from Kimimaru in a really awesome fight. And so at this point, he's still he's we're still all kind of on edge. And in Shippuden, we learn he's become the Kazakage, which at first sounds ridiculous, but then you just see how much he's grown, how much he actually wants to protect people. People, it gets to the point where at this point, I no longer look at Gara as oh he used to be a monster. I look at Gara as the person who. I just look at him as a heroic person who everybody's grown to love. Yeah, and you feel that he has gone from, I mean, he was in the same situation as Naruto as a kid. You see like scenes of people throwing rocks at him and uh, telling him to get lost and all that to there's legit concern and stuff when he's dies in the technically at the end of the first arc before being resurrected by uh because the village has come to love and respect him and understand that he's not he wasn't just the one tails he and a monster he was a person that was pushed to the breaking point i 100 percent agree with Gara has an amazing redemption arc and the th and he also was like the lead person of the war or like he gives that awesome speech where everybody kind of where everybody believes in him um and it's 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 especially kind of weird because it's it's grown to the point where people legitimately love him and no one really talks about oh yeah this guy murdered a lot of people a lot of people 
Oh, oh, that what what I I wanted to avoid the jokes of what they did with his hair in Boruto because I just I'm just sick I'm just sick of thinking about it. But ultimately, just Gar just becomes such a well developed, redeemable, loving character. Remember, his infinite Tsukiyomi dream was not I want to have a happy childhood. It's I want to have a happy childhood and I want to be friends with Naruto so he has a happy childhood. You can tell just how much he cares and loves Naruto for everything. And if you don't end with knowing everything, you kind of get a little emotional thinking about how much he he loves Naruto thanks to that. Yeah, it's... I mean, it, his redemption started when he finally met Naruto, someone who went through the same things he did, but took a different path in life at, uh, than he did, where Gar, to, or where Gar became a uh, murderous lunatic in his uh, early teens, Gara, uh, Naruto became pretty much just a nice guy who wanted to help everybody that he could, despite the fact of how he was treated. Yeah, especially since at Naruto's wedding, you see him and Lee, Gara and Lee just casually talking and smiling at each other. And you're like, oh, that's right. These two have history. Kind of forget about that because Gara's grown so much. But it, Lee was also a factor in that because he forg forgave Gara instantly. It, it was Gar Gara's redemption. If it doesn't get you at least a little emotional, we cannot be friends. Yeah, no, I, I as I said, I 100% agree with this. All right. All right. So my last one. Please go ahead. I put Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z on my list. Okay. So I started, and I don't, again, I don't know how many people started with the original Dragon Ball and uh, then went to Dragon Ball Z and how many people started with Z and uh, maybe eventually went back and watched Dragon Ball. But when you, re when you watched it in the original order and Piccolo is the big bad for the original Dragon Ball series. He's uh, the strongest character Goku ever has to go up against at that point in the series. All he wants to do is pretty much take over the world and become, in his own words, the Demon King. He's following in his father's footsteps in King Piccolo. And even at the start of Dragon Ball Z, he still wants to do that. He's not a good guy. He's uh, just biding his time, trying to get stronger so that uh, he can defeat Goku, because Goku's still technically stronger than him at this point. Uh, but it's kind of the little moments between him and Gohan where he starts to change at this point. He's not he realizes that there's more than just taking over the world. He's still planning to, like, pretty much he's raising Gohan to be a weapon for him to take over the world at this point. But then you get to the fight with the Saiyans, and we always joke that Gohan never learned to dodge, but this is kind of the catalyst for Piccolo's real change to start becoming a good, a better person and overall. He jumps in the way and sacrifices himself for another person which apparently is enough to redeem every evil deed he's done which included murdering people when he was a toddler yeah i was about to say and then he went to king kai's plan at the same time at the same time though oh his his redemption is really good but even in one of the games, he says in the Android saga, I'm only saving the world right now so I can take it over later, which I, if they pulled that nowadays, I would be pissed off. I'd be like, what the hell? He's he's a good guy at this point. Mm -hmm. And he, you can tell he really does grow to care about the planet, especially when he kind of takes it on when, Kam, when he absorbs Kami, because Kami's like, all the stuff you've done, why should I absorb, why should I let you absorb me, me with everything going on? And it get, it, like I said, it gets to the point where he's legitimately a good guy now. A little scary sometimes, but like he's he's still Piccolo. Yeah, well, he needs to be. That's the that's kind of his whole shtick because he's the biggest in overall size of all the Dragon Ball characters. In my, if I remember correctly, I feel I I don't feel like looking it up, but you might be right on that. I will say though, I do kind of get sick of the oh he's Gohan's father. I'm I'm just like oh yeah, um he's Goku's done so much for Gohan, but I I I don't, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, no, I'm 
didn't even want to really bring that up. It's just, and where he is now, I mean, he legit cares for all his friends and he goes, I mean, he, they talk, I mean, he and the teacher know each other at Pam's school in the uh, Dragon Ball Super Superhero movie. Like, she's yeah. like, oh, hey, Piccolo. When she, he's, it's like, he's a eight foot tall green monster, pretty much. And he's picking up a little girl from school and the teacher's fine with it. So, you know, that at that point, he's reached the point where he's, he's accepted by everybody. Yeah, but it also created a new ship. And I'm really just, I'm just sick. I'm just sick of people sometimes. Yeah, that's, I, that could be a little awkward, but yeah. Then again, I also kind of want to just throw the movie in there because in terms of power levels, it's also kind of redemption for him because he was strong at that point, but he still wasn't that strong compared to everyone else. And then and then superhero happened and you're like, oh dear God, he's like, he's relevant again. Hopefully, from what I hear, they may or may not have added the powers to the manga. I keep, I don't know what, it, I'm not following the manga, so I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, but... I can definitely agree. Piccolo's redemption is, it's just so good. Yeah, it's one of those, and that's the thing, we talked about it before, he doesn't beg for forgiveness, he just, he tries to redeem himself through his new actions. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely agree with that. I can co-sign the Piccolo. Alright, but you ready to wrap it up? Let Yes, please, I'm hungry. <laughs> so am I. Alright, so, ladies, gentlemen, and others, what are some of your favorite redemption stories in anime? Now, keep in mind, it doesn't have to necessarily be from villain to hero. It could just be somebody who lost their way or someone who was struggling and then found a way to get better. It doesn't have to just be the usual villain to hero thing. And, I mean, do you agree with our uh, choices for our lists or do you disagree? Do you not like any of these redemption arcs? Do you feel that they weren't deserved or just weren't necessarily a full redemption exactly and please yell at us in the comments about Krona because everyone seems to like Krona eh well we'll be able to go more into detail soon yeah yeah next week's gonna be interesting but anyways be sure to like comment subscribe go watch all of our other videos have a pleasant day and we'll see you next time this has been Alex and Richard and you have been listening to Anime Egotists Good night and peace easy.